y'all. Welcome to another episode of Monday Movie Talk with me and EX13. Uh, the podcast where we talk about the newest releases and films that have come out that week in the theaters and on streaming and everything else in between. We gotta start off with saying this. If those of you are turning in and you're like, wait a second. It feels like it's been a minute since last episode. Did I miss the episode? Well, yes, technically... Yes, but it's not your fault, it's my fault. So what happened, guys, we recorded an episode last week. For some reason, I lost it. Y'all probably saw me in the Discord. I admitted I done goofed. I somehow accidentally, I think I might have deleted it on accident, but somehow the audio was not there. The podcast and recorded it. So that was my bad. Uh, it was a decently good podcast. It, maybe one day there will be a lost file. If there ever is, I'll post it. But right now, I can't find it anywhere, and I don't know what happened to it. I think it's gone in a distant memory uh so that's my bad but hopefully y'all will actually be listening to this episode this time um and we're gonna get right to it there's a lot of stuff to talk about this week we're gonna start off with the big one we're gonna talk about suicide squad that's right y'all suicide squad came out in the theaters and on streaming on hbo max and we both saw it so let's get right into it ex13 what'd you think of not the suicide squad yeah. Suicide Squad. It's, it's the Suicide Squad. Or it's the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. The first one is Suicide Squad. See? <laughs> See? I got myself all confused already. Um, you know, <clears throat> so, um, it was really good. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. At the same time, a little disappointed. I kind of had my hopes up a little high. Um, and it's not it's 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 like I said it's a great movie it's not really anything horrible but I do feel like they were missing something like there was just something I can't put my finger on that they were missing like I they were missing I feel like maybe like a certain like build up to like one certain thing or like a certain action scene or something there was just missing like one thing to really put it like over the top and make it like uh, amazing, because um, I feel like a lot of the action scenes are really good, but none of them are like, "Wow, that's amazing." Um, <clears throat> I think part of that might be with Bloodsport. Like, we get to see Bloodsport, and he's a good example. But they could have done it with other people, I guess. But we get to see Bloodsport do like all kinds of great action scenes. Um, but nothing like that makes you go, "Whoa, this is like nuts!" Like I can't believe he just did that kind of thing. Uh, you know, that kind of effect or feeling is somewhat missing from the movie. I felt like, but outside of that, it's it's really good, really well done. Great, um, great cast, um, and uh, you know, James Gunn does what James Gunn does best, and you end up loving every single character in the movie like every single one of them like there's not one that i was like i don't want to see uh more of this and uh you know we're gonna see peacemaker get a television show and i'm looking forward to that i want to see more of that character uh but other characters i want to see more than him uh which we probably won't see again uh and also you know spoiler but a lot of people die and on the suicide squad suicide squad but yeah, uh, I yeah, just love yeah. 
Yeah, we. I mean, we don't have to go. I guess we can keep a spoiler free in terms of who goes. But the fact that a lot of people die, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler. Yeah. I think people can kind of. I I talked to a guy who was like, oh, I, I can't believe that many people. He's like, I can't. I wasn't expecting there to be that many deaths. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's Suicide Squad. Like, that's that's what I expected to happen. And that's kind of another critique I have with the film. And that's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of tied to the trailers too. Is I going into it, I had an idea of how everything was going to play out based off of trailers and interviews and stuff, mm-hmm. and it pretty much played out exactly like I thought it was going to play out. So it kind of took away this stuff for me, but it was still good. Hmm. Would you say? Uh, I shouldn't draw comparisons, but but I I'm, I'm going against my own. Uh, self-respecting rules here but like do you do you like it compared to guardians of the galaxy i like it more than guardians of the galaxy i think okay. guardians of the galaxy you know has a soundtrack which he definitely tried to put a lot of music into suicide squad but mm-hmm. it wasn't the same and honestly my favorite track is the track that was the opening like it was in the um it was in the first trailer for the Suicide Squad when mm. he did the cast reveal. And mm. it's the first song that comes up in the credits, but he doesn't use it in the actual movie. And uh, I would have liked to have seen him use that. But, um, you know, it, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's it's really good. And, you know, it's great, like, seeing all the different places and stuff. And it's a great cast of characters. But you can't... But at the same time, like I can't, I I I gotta give the edge to Suicide Squad mostly because it is James Gunn being James Gunn. It's full on R rated, like one hundred percent him. Like you can't beat that R rating with James Gunn. Like I've been a fan of James Gunn since I watched um, Tromeo and Juliet uh, a, oh, a while That's ago. Way far back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's he's originally like his first like big stuff was um, you know working for Troma, and uh, you know then he yeah I mean like you think of like Slither that's like one of the first yeah ones he did which is still holds up that's still pretty good yeah I mean he is he is like a hard R guy mm-hmm. at, at heart so it was nice to see him come back and do that like I've you know I I love Lollipop Chainsaw and like everything that he's done for the most part. So um, yeah, seeing him do Suicide Squad, doing a, a superhero film, which is what he's good at. And then also being hard R, which is also what he's good at. just takes the cake for me over Guardians, where it kind of feels more like a Marvel film. Well, it feels like it's half Marvel, half gun, where... Suicide Squad well, feels I, like gun. Well, I'll follow up with this because I'll ask you one more question about it. Uh, so then, as a follow up to that, where does it rank for you amongst the DC EU, not EU, but both uh, DC films? I had I had <laughs> the a, last let's say five years. <laughs> I had I had actually thought this out today. Um, I would put it as number one. For DCEU. Really? For the DCEU, oh. yeah. Well, I mean, 
if you're going just DC last five years, then you you're pretty much just adding Joker to that. Yeah, so I still I'd still say it's better than Joker, um, but it's really it's I think it's really close to me for this, the Justice League um, Snyder cut. And, but really? I'd, I'd okay. knock I'd put the Snyder cut in second, and I would knock it down just because of the length. Like it it went by decently easily, but I just can't. It's not something like Suicide Squad. There's very few movies that I'll watch multiple times, and Suicide Squad is one of those movies. Like I, I've already gone back and watched it again. It's oh okay. It is worth rewatching. Um, but I'm I'm probably Weird. never gonna go back and watch the Justice League Snyder cut because it's just way too long. Yeah, well, I and I never asked you this because we never did any like pre questions. So, what? Which side of the fence are you on uh, with the internet in terms of Birds of Prey? Do you think it's a a really bad movie, or do you really think it's really good? See that it's like either or on the internet. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm either or. I actually, because it's funny that like this is all things I was talking to my friend about today, because <laughs> he was he's big on Birds of Prey, and I was like, what? Like, why are you so huge on Birds of Prey? Because he's like, that's the number one. Uh, DCEU mm-hmm. movie for me and he says that he still thinks that it is after watching Suicide Squad mm. and I was like no I, I, it's <laughs> it's good but it's not it's not my number one and I would say Suicide Squad definitely beats it I kind of see where he's coming from but at the same time it's just <clears throat> it's a good movie but it's not It's it's got a couple things that I don't like about it and mainly it's that it is John Wick. And I love John Wick. We've already gone and talked about John mm-hmm. Wick before uh, with uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. But mm-hmm. it, it is, you know, it's the director of John Wick. It plays out like a John Wick movie, like beat for beat, like just like the way the fight scenes go, how they link um scenes to scenes it's just really john wick but just with a dc skin to it um and i would say it's not as good as john wick but it does work and it is good and it is one of the better dceu films but uh basically my i would put it like fourth i think fourth or fifth um my number one would be the suicide squad Number two, the Snyder Cut. Number three, probably Shazam, and then Birds of Prey mm-hmm. would be number four. What about the what about the original Suicide Squad? Where's that? Right? That's that's decently low. <laughs> I remember low. I remember somewhat liking it when I saw it in theaters. Yeah, but me too. It's, it's I like the first like I like the first half. Mm-hmm. The first half I like the like the intro stuff, the way they introduce the characters and all that, and then once it gets to like the starts to get to the main plot in the second half, where it just kind of done good. There was mm-hmm. there was so much potential that movie had, and just they made one like fatal wrong decision, uh, in that movie with what they did with the villain. Mm-hmm. You know, it should have been it should have been Jared Leto's Joker the villain. It should have just been that. Because it goes to show, right? Because you had a 
Enchantress, who was like an over, because you know people's complaints were like, isn't this like a villain like Superman or some more fight? Why are they fighting this character? Why does she move really weird? But then in this movie, they kind of do the same thing as far as what the final villain is. It's something for outer space that would be like a Justice League villain. But I don't hear complaints about that this time. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, well, where's your complaints about that? You know, I, I don't see that this time. So I feel like, you know, it goes to show that argument, I don't think, works as well as it used to. But he should have been the villain of that movie. But anyway, just to give my quick thoughts on it, uh... Yeah, I think it's one of my more favorite films. Uh, it's weird because they it's because sometimes I've heard okay, it they were treating it as like we see a few characters from the original Suicide Squad movie again, but they're treated as they're not exactly the same character. They're just played by the same actor playing a different version of that character. But there's a few lines and stuff they say that do relate to the first movie. So I thought the messaging there was a bit confusing. I'm like, okay, not, but when I'm watching the movie, they're like, oh, well, good to see you again. So I'm like, well, then it kind of doesn't matter. But anywho. To me, it seemed um, like it worked. To me, it seemed like you could just take it as a continuation and it's fine. There's nothing that mm -hmm. necessarily yeah. contradicts anything else in the whole movie. So I would just right. go with that. Yeah, okay. That's the way I kind of thought in my head. Um Especially certain stuff way they do with, like, because, you know, uh, you see... And, I mean, it's in the trailers, right? Like, Captain Boomerang comes back, uh, Rick Flagg, uh, stuff they with the, in Harley Quinn. The stuff they do with those characters are a lot better. Especially, I think, with Rick Flagg, they get... The way they did his character in the movie was a lot better in the first movie. Especially when his character was kind of tied to the plot of the first movie quite a bit. And it doesn't, you know, they don't really kind of bring up what happened there. But, you know, um... I think all the new characters were good. Uh, I, like, Ratcatcher number two, I know that's the, the fan favorite to pick, but it's kind of true. I really like her and her character. Uh, I thought John Cena in this movie was probably the best acting I've seen some from him so far. Same as far much. as his... Yeah, <laughs> as far as his re... Well, I and I'm and I like to call it the rebranded movie career because he, I mean, that's I all pretend the Marine didn't happen, okay? <laughs> and I liked it when it came out. All right, I thought it was weird they started making sequels to it that didn't have them, but you know, it's not like this is his first foray into films. He didn't. This isn't a Batista thing where he got in the first shot. You know, it's so. But I thought this like was his best. I do want to see more of that character. All the yeah, all the characters were great. Uh, big or small. So what? Uh, I like. So which one do you pick? As far as what? Uh, which like character? Yeah. Ooh. That's a tough one. Um. I don't know. I don't know if I can pick a fan for it because I can go with Ratcatcher number two. I think Harley Quinn was great. Still, like Margot Robbie, still managed to like still give her good moments and things like that um i mean i like blood sport you know it was weird not having deadshot in it but as a excuse me as a replacement deadshot because then you saw like the whole thing like oh with the daughter storyline and we're doing this again but then when you see what they do with it and you're like oh no it's different this time and then you're like okay and then it's fine uh i i yeah, I thought it was, I liked the Amanda Waller stuff. I thought that was good too. I thought Paul Davis was always great as Amanda Waller, so the fact she was back too was good. Um, it's and 
if you haven't seen it, y'all, they're not lying. Like, you know, you're sick and tired of hearing it. I was too before the movie came out. That, oh, it's violent and gory, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, it is. The over-exaggeration is not over-exaggerated. It's pretty violent and gory. It's a bloody mess. Um, it and feels, King Shark. It feels decently, like, realistic. Like, the violence is... Yes. Not cartoony. Yes. Yes. That's that's the key right there, yeah. And again, it's bringing up King Shark, who, you know, and like, he's great. Too. He's Him and Ratcatcher are probably my two favorites, if I had to pick two. But even him, like, he's a silly character in this movie, and the, even the concept for normal audiences and know the comics are like, this is absurd. Uh, but again, James Gunn got us to all believe in a talking raccoon, right? So, and a tree. So... But, again, even the way he does the violence does kind of have that realistic feel to it. You kind of buy into it. Uh, I do also, Polka Dot Man was good. The bit with him that they kept doing was funny. Although, I wish... I don't know if I'd, I necessarily liked where his character ended up at the very end. But that might be more of just a personal, like, I like the character a lot. And I wanted, like, a little bit more. But, um... I thought that was good. But yeah, it, overall, I thought it was way better than the original movie. It's up there with some of my favorite DC movies. I don't know if it's my favorite one or not. I have to, like, uh, reanalyze to think about it. But I definitely say go see it. Don't let the taste of the previous Suicide Squad movie just ignore that. I know your gut feeling's like, ugh, that wasn't. Just ignore that. Just give this one a fair shot. That's all I can say. Don't let the name deter you, because it's. So similar. All you need is an HBO Max subscription. Mm-hmm. You can watch it right now for a month or whatever, and then if you miss out on it, wait a few more months, it'll be back on there. Uh, so yeah, no, but I thought I thought it was it was it was some it was fun it was fun. I had a good time with it. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. And then there's also two. There is like technically it's two after credit sequences, and they're both kind of worth seeing, I think. Uh, and send up stuff. So that was kind of nice to have that. Um, so, what, so Suicide Squad, we got our superhero fix, but I wanted to move on to another movie we both saw. Now, this technically was in the theater for a little bit, uh, but then went to Amazon Prime this past weekend, uh, and that is a documentary, which I don't think we've talked about yet on this podcast, but called Val, which is basically a documentary that Val Kilmer, the actor, made about himself it covers a little bit of his life but it does kind of focus more on the him growing as an actor a little bit more but uh yeah he basically it like it starts off um him saying hey like he walks in his warehouse he's a guy he's like i got but <laughs> this giant warehouse he's like i got a bajillion film things just sitting around that uh i've never used and i figure i'd make something out of it and just before we get into it, I, I just feel like I should say just it's crazy the fact that he had the foresight to be able to go and film all this stuff himself at an era where people couldn't really afford cameras on in an era now where it's like everybody has a camera everywhere all the time. The fact that he did this back in the eighties and and stuck with it pretty much most of his career. Even up until, like, a few years ago, before he, like, got the throat cancer and all that stuff, that he had the foresight to do that is crazy. Uh, but I'm so glad he did. What did you think of Val, EX-13? I thought it was pretty good. Um, it, 
was a little weird because it seemed like like just like a window into his life where you felt like you weren't getting the whole story but you were getting some of it yep um it was cool seeing all the footage that was the main thing it had going for it was that they could actually show everything because he had recorded everything um but really for the most part like you said it really just follows his career but it also just like touches on his personal life here and there um and for the most part it was it, it was things that you would kind of just know happened like he stuff that he's already talked about in interviews and things like how he felt about how batman uh forever went and uh it, 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 yeah, it's good. It's good to have it's it's good to have that insight and everything, and see everything laid out. And it was, you know, um, it made you think because it was very, um, especially towards the end, uh, emotional kind of film uh, with him going through the throat cancer and seeing like his health decline and things like that. And uh, yeah, so it. It was just it was it was good overall, and um, it's definitely worth watching. And it, especially if you uh, have any interest in Val Kilmer's uh, life or anything, it was uh, a good watch. You also get to see things like, um, like there's a movie that he goes in, uh, he kind of that he goes on the set of to work, and it kind of gives you an idea of how a, uh, a production could fall apart and like what it's like on a troubled set. And I found that um, interesting. Oh, yeah. Especially because that, that movie was one of those, like, even, you know, even before I really got into film, like, there was always stories about how mess, messed up, like, that set was in that movie. Like, everybody kind of heard a story about, like, how that movie's kind of famous for its production problems and all that, but to actually see and hear a physical representation of that kind of hit a bit, you know? Um, so yeah, so we, I, I agree with you in the sense that, I mean, I just mentioned it starts with him going to this warehouse. I have all this stuff and it's like, I wonder almost maybe if that was a mistake to do that at the beginning, because then after this movie, we know he has a lot of stuff that, like, he could make another movie. Like, he could easily make a docu another documentary because I'm pretty sure in all that stuff he has all the footage that goes into all that real in-depth life stuff. Because, we, like you said, we see a window of it. You see a little bit in the footage that he presents in the movie. But if he has that warehouse full of stuff, I know that some of, like, the really deep stuff, he probably has footage of that, too, in that warehouse that he can make a whole other movie of. Um, and it's good if... And it, it's a good thing to show where he ended at now because it's just to show, like, his career highs and then lows and then of how, like, he almost... He was getting close to having... I mean, he always was working, right? Uh, he was always doing stuff. But, like, later in his career, he was doing smaller stuff. Uh, granted, he was, like, a MacGruber and things like that. And, like, kick his bang-bang and all. But, like, his career was just, like, doing whatever, you know. And then he started doing this thing with Mark Twain where it sort of seemed like 
you know, he was doing something that critically was received well. It was blowing up again. It just kind of got people... It kind of like the Brendan Fraser renaissance that's happening now. It's sort of like that, where I feel like right at that time, he was starting to, like, build back up. And I think that had that kept going, it could have really pushed him in the forefront again. But unfortunately, life had different plans. And it got taken out of his control, and to see... That potential just kind of all of a sudden taken away from him at the wrong time. And him kind of coping with it and dealing with that. I mean, he's still working now. If you check his IMDb page, he's still making work and working now. Um, and he explains what's going on with his throat and his issues. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's something that will ever be fixed again or not. Yeah, it was very unclear. That... Like, they, it's, yeah, it seemed like they didn't know. I was kind of under the impression that if you go under surgery like that, like, it's not coming back but apparently there's a chance yeah so we'll have to see if you know like five or six years if he can maybe make it work again um and physically i mean he's oh because i i was telling my mom this i was talking to her about it. it i guess when you hear somebody has cancer or something that has an ailment that like takes you out like that you assume oh that means your entire body is done for you can't do what you can do anymore that's it but when you think about it, it's really like, it's just his throat that's messed up now. He might move a little slower, but I mean, he's getting older, but he could still drive fine. He could still pretty much walk okay. He frolics in the hallways a lot for random reason. So physically, he's pretty all right. It's just you naturally assume, oh, because he had this, then it's like, that means his whole body's messed up. But it's not really. He He's moving pretty well. It's really just his throat that's, like, having issues and stuff. Granted, there was, like, you know, scenes at convention where he was kind of worn out and tired and things like that, but for the most part, he's moving pretty all right, considering what he went through. Um, and what I thought was interesting, yeah, because you get a glimpse of the window. There was, like, he had some dark moments in the past of tragic things that happened to him and his family, and you see a little bit of that, but you want to see more, um... You, you get to see a little bit of his kids and stuff, but I wish they went more into, like, the real... You know, they talk about him and his previous wife, but I wish they went more into, like, talking with his kids and his kids giving perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having said that, I thought it was really a smart idea to have his son narrate the movie, because his son sounds pretty close to him. Yep. Even certain moments when you see the previous footage, you could swear that it was a young Val Kilmer talking. Uh, and the fact that his daughter's, like, lives right next to him is cute and stuff like that, and, um, I thought, I, I would say this is best for people, I would show this to people who didn't know a lot about Val Kilmer as an actor, I feel like this is a good movie to show people to show, these are the kind of movies he was in, and you need to see these movies, I mean, if you go back and look at the film blogs he was in, I mean, you know, you got Batman Forever. I mean, I like Batman Forever, but, but I mean, you're talking about, uh, you brought up The Saint. I mean, uh, you know, you have Heat. You have Tombstone, man. Like, Tombstone. Like, if, and I feel that there's a lot of people, I don't know, maybe even of our community that just haven't seen or these movies don't get talked about as much anymore. Like, I don't know how many of this TikTok generation has seen Tombstone, and shame on them, you know, and these young kids, they, they don't, you know, it's like there's so many good movies that he made. So I wish 
this is a good thing to show somebody that doesn't know a lot about Val Kilmer and to show him glimpses of movies that he's in and be like, wait, and then this person that you're watching it with goes, oh, I haven't seen that. And then you as a person showing to him go, what? You need to watch this right now. What are you doing? You need to see this. How can you have not seen this? And I feel like you could do that with all the movies he talks about. Mm -hmm. uh, with exception of Batman, a few things here and there. But, you know, again, Top Gun. You know, all these movies that he made, like early his career, or Banger, Top Secret. Like, the first film he ever did. Uh, I feel, you know, more and more as, like, older adults we get, that's a movie now people are going back and saying, oh, this movie is good. Like, some people are like, oh, this is even better than other parody movies, like Hot Shots and stuff like that. Uh, and and then again, like, uh, The Doors. Like, if you haven't seen The Doors movie, you need to watch that, too. Again, just seeing the comparisons of him playing at Ben Morrison and seeing the real footage and stuff like that. Like, again, that's another one. Like, how many of these TikTok uh, Zoomer kids have seen the Doors movie. Probably none of them, and they should. It's like it's it's the roles like that where it's like he's really good. And I think the only other thing to put in perspective for me is because when I grew, you know, I, we were young. We were on, you know, we were young scrubs when uh, the he was really big in late eighties, early nineties, and all that. So I had, I guess, this portrayal of him. Like I felt like everything I saw him in, he was super serious. He was like, oh, he's one of this handsome but serious guys you know but then this film put in that reality it's like no he was like silly he's silly he's comedic he's loosey-goosey he's anything but serious and so for me to see what the reality is now compared to how i saw him as a person as a kid or being the opposite ends of the spectrum uh i thought was kind of cool uh but yeah i would recommend watching it's worth a watch either way it's but worth a watch. it I doesn't go in depth but I have one complaint, and it's it's a weird one. Mm. It's it's weird that they mm. did this, but for some reason, if you watch the movie not subtitled, they don't subtitle when he speaks, and you cannot understand him without subtitles. Really, like you could maybe understand every couple words, uh, mm -hmm. or like every other word. Um, for some reason, they just didn't put subtitles on him. If you don't have the whole movie subtitled uh, i thought that was a weird choice oh really because well because when i watched it it was oh i see what you're saying well i mean i think when i watched it they only subtitled it when he talked and a few other moments i didn't mm, feel like the whole that's not how, subtitle i watched it that's not how it was yeah that's not how it was for me i, I had uh just my default settings and uh yeah, I had no subtitles the whole movie. Like, even when his son was talking at him? Yep. Never never had subtitles. Really? I don't remember being the whole movie, but I guess because, like, most of the movie, I mean, half the movie's him now talking, so there were subtitles, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I just was so used to it, I didn't even notice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, but if that's the case, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I guess that's the only bad part about it, but... Yeah, but no, that's crazy. But, yeah, either way, guys, it is worth a watch, though. Uh, go see it. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, and then now we're going to talk about, uh, for the second half here, we're going to talk about uh, a couple different things. 
so the last episode of the podcast, uh, we that you guys that listened to, we ended up talking about the movie. Uh, what, what was it? Was the movie? I dream of the little things, or I. I dream of the little things. Yeah, I dream of the little things. We were, uh, we were talking about the vibes and stuff of uh, oh God, what what movie were we talking about that we got into that conversation was uh, um, oh, we were talking about the Green Knight. Yes. And then we got yes. to talk about Ghost Story. Yeah. And then we were talking about, and then I brought this up because uh, it's a movie on Netflix and the X thirteen had seen it, and I told him he should watch it uh because of what he thought of this other stuff. So you actually. Uh, took my recommendation. You watched it on Netflix, and so what did you think? Did, did what I say to you before kind of make sense in a weird way after you saw it? Um, yeah, it, I'm thinking of ending things. Was it was something? It was um, you know, it's I don't I, you he you compared it to M Night Shyamalan, uh, with the twist. That has an M. Night Shyamalan twist. And I don't know if I would say that for sure. Because the and part of the problem that I had with the movie is that the whole movie you don't know what's going on unless you know what's going on. Like if you don't have it figured out then or at least a, a, some kind of idea then the whole movie makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> well, because I told you to, I said, I, I remember I said this on this podcast, I was like, well, most of the movie takes place in the car up until a certain point, and then once once they get to the parents' house, then I told you, like, I'm like, after a certain point, it kind of turns a little bit, and all of a sudden, things, something starts happening you don't see coming, specifically when they get to the parents' house, and then, then you're like, what the heck is going on? You're like, whoa, wait, that's took a direction i didn't see so yeah i, I mean i i had i had theories of what was going on the entire time i was like it could be this it could be that um i had one main theory which i guess ended up being the case for the most part i actually so i watched the whole thing and then i actually had to go and watch a video on youtube to have it explained to me it is that far out there and i and when i was watching i was like oh yeah i guess i was pretty much right for the most part it uh Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely something that it doesn't want to tell you what it is but at the same time it tells you um it's it's clever and in its own way there's a lot of great I don't know about a lot, but there are some great moments in it. There's some great lines, but it's kind of overly long. Uh, mm. And you can't really appreciate it unless you know what's going on and you can dissect, like, everything that they do in it. Because there's a lot, like, you know, I didn't even realize everything that they were hinting at until I watched that YouTube video. Um so yeah, there's a lot in there, but at the same time, it's kind of overly long and slow because uh, it's like over two hours, it's like two hours and 15 minutes, and it's just people talking for the most part. And then like mm-hmm. things, and like it felt like things got crazy just to get crazy, just to like throw you for a loop, like, oh, everyone's doing this now. Like, okay, I guess that's what's happening. 
like this is really out there um but yeah the concept is like it, it's one of those things where it's like the concept is really good um the elevator pitch is it's probably would sound amazing um but then when you like watch it as a movie it just kind of seems drawn out and a little off but it's it was it was it was okay overall yeah, it's a it's a little long. It's it's kind of I I would say it's a a different. It's it's kind of got that Fight Club sort of effect where after kind of the end you sort of figure out what's going on. You'd have to kind of rewatch it all again from that perspective, and then it makes everything make more sense. Mm. Uh, because yeah, do you start reading? You're like, wait a minute. So this is this, and you're like, oh, this is also this, which is why they're showing me this. And then you're like, but wait, then that means this person is this. And then, but having said that, though, yeah, it's it's a little long. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll see ever again. But again, if if you're watching The Green Knight, I've seen people on there. And I've seen y'all people and you're like, oh, it's confusing. I don't, I don't like the ending or whatever. Then show them this movie. You want to talk about that? I'm like, this compared to Green Knight, that ending got nothing on this movie as far as being, figuring out what the hell's going on. But, uh... But the, uh, the conversations, though, like, even though most of the movie is in a car and it does drag out, as you mentioned, some of the conversations, I think, are really good between those two characters about just throwing things in life and aspirations. And then we kind of think about once you realize, like, what's kind of going on, that kind of makes a little bit more sense and just eternal conflicts and stuff like that. But, uh... But yeah, I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you watched it because, like I said, I I mean I liked it, but yeah, I didn't like I didn't love it or anything like that. But I I definitely wanted you to see it to see how you feel about it, considering we were talking about. Um, but yeah, so if you if you like that, it, it's slow. It's on Netflix. Um, and I think the actors are good in it. Uh. For the most part, I mean, we got Jesse Plemons. He went from that to Jungle Cruise. <laughs> that's a heck of a great act. Uh, it's worth. It's, I think it's worth a watch. All the actors suffer going. It just gets a little wonky. It's a little bit on the slow end. Uh, and yeah, you might have to. I to be fair, I looked things up too after I saw it at first. I was like, is that what's happening here? And then it's like, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, it's for certain people are not gonna like it so much. Like the average movie person's not gonna like it. It's going to be for those A24, even for that, it's going to be a little bit of a stretch. So you just got to prepare for going into being all crazy and weird. But I'm glad you've watched it. What I wanted to bring up for me, a little thing I watched, uh, you all have already heard this. I'm not going to go into it too much because we've already talked about it on the uh, Taku Journey podcast to do with camera. But I thought I'd mention a little bit here. Again, I'd seen uh, in the theater the Blackpink movie, uh, and it was good. Uh, it, uh, it, it kind of inspired me and stuff at the end. Uh, it was, it sounded like it felt like I was in a concert, even if it was in the theater. Uh, it was pretty bumping. It's just a reflection on them on like five years of their lives. So the movie's basically them talking from the past five years, what they think and how they feel. It goes to each of the band members of Blackpink and then, the other half of it is just a concert. They pretty much perform all of their songs for the most part in the concert. They filmed one concert kind of for the movie, and then they go back and forth between that and then the live tour concert they did, and they alternate 
sometimes in the middle of the song. But I really had a good time with it. My biggest complaint was, and I heard somebody else in the theater say this too, where it felt a little bit like Lord of the Rings Return of the King, just a tiny bit. Where it's like, oh, okay, they're about to wrap up here. And it's like, oh, no, nope, they're still going. They're still talking. Oh, okay, they're going to... Seems like they were, oh, no, they're still talking. Oh, they're going to do another song. Oh, okay, okay, you know. I mean, I'm not complaining in in a certain sense, but it did feel like that a little bit. I was like, okay, I feel where it could have cut the multiple ending thing a little bit short. But uh, it was in the theaters past weekend. I don't know if it's going to be on streaming or not. Um, but I hope some of y'all who were Blackpink fans saw it. It was a fun experience to do. Uh, and uh, uh, they had a... 4x showing which is what they were advertising it where it's like you can see on this big round screen and the seats would move with the music and then or you could see it regular like i did and i liked regular because i could see all the girls like around the screen right in front of me and i'm not like looking all over a place it was still pretty bumping i would i would have definitely gone with the the round screen option that sounds pretty cool (laughs) yeah i almost thought about seeing it again on that screen option it was like six bucks more um they only showed it for two nights, so I don't know if they're going to bring it back. But even then, though, I was saying, even the regular theater, I felt like it was, like, the loudest movie. That I felt that it was louder than any other movie I'd seen in the theater. Like, it was a louder... this, And it was in a small, regular theater. Like, just like regular any AMC theater. But I felt like that was just as loud as when I saw Avengers Endgame opening night in an IMAX theater. Like, that's how loud the, the concert movie felt. I felt that it was louder than normal. It probably wasn't in reality. But just the way to hear the music all that was bumping, I felt like, man, like, I feel like the whole theater could hear this. Like, the entire actual theater location. It was really loud. But it was fun, man. I'm glad I went to it. Uh, just them just saying, like, oh, we can't wait to see y'all again because of quarantine and all this crap. And, and they even did some of their solo stuff, like, or they did her solo thing, and yeah, it just it all took their time with everybody, and so it was good to see. I had to, went and saw that, uh, and that that's why that's why I saw last week was that as soon as I saw it in the theater. Um, so guys, for this last bit, uh, we're going to talk about news that actually kind of came out today as uh, we're recording this podcast on Monday, but it. So, uh, as we know, right now, Warner Brothers has it, so uh, pretty much a lot of their big films in 2021 are coming day in, day on HBO Max and in the theater. Such example as Suicide Squad and Dune and all that. Well, we were kind of curious for a while what they were going to do next year. They kind of hinted that, oh, they're going to go back to theaters next year. What's going on? How is this going to work? Well, uh, it just came out that AMC has signed it at the moment exclusivity deal with Warner Brothers uh, that they'd be able to show their movies uh, 45 days before they go on streaming. So basically for 2022, at least just for 2022, uh, you want to go see uh, what's coming. Is it uh, not Shazam 2? So let's say Black Adam or whatever comes out next year. Biggest Uh, thing come out next year is the Batman. Yeah. The Batman, good example. Completely forgot. Yeah, so the Batman, for example. That's going to be in the theaters next year, but it's not going to be showing up on HBO Max the same day like the Suicide Squad did this weekend. You're going to have to wait 45 days if you don't want to go see in the theater to see on HBO Max or any streaming services and whatnot. Uh, they did a similar deal with Universal uh, in 2020, except the time window was a lot shorter. It was 17 days 
uh, before Universal would put their movies out on streaming service. Uh, so that just got announced here. It's very curious and interesting. Right now, it's just AMC. I don't know if other theater chains are going to get involved. I'm sure they will. Uh, so what, DX13, what do you think about this method? Is this where you kind of saw them maybe going? Does this surprise you? Um, you know, I, I feel like this is pretty much where i saw it going from like i mean the, the 35 day thing like that's that's pretty much what i expected we're not gonna see i think it will stay this way where we aren't going to see a what was it before like six month gap between theater and mm-hmm. and blu-ray release like that's just not plausible anymore yeah that's that it, it it doesn't even make any sense. Like I feel like before there was probably logic to it. Like back in the day, like maybe part of, maybe a lot of it was deals, but I wouldn't be surprised if part of it was just like the you know they couldn't make VHS tapes fast enough to release them immediately after that was ready for theater. Uh, so it kind of made sense back then, and they just kind of kept that that going and never really adjusted to being able to put stuff out sooner after theaters. And, uh, you know, this, this makes sense to me. I mean, and then also the other thing is like, you know, they have that exclusivity deal probably like way back then where it was like, Oh, it's in theaters for, uh, it's exclusive for six months to theaters. And then it comes to DVD. But that was back when the movies would play for three months or longer and be popular that entire time. Now, no movie makes more than a million dollars at the box office after it's been in the theater for two months. So there's no real reason to keep that exclusivity longer than it has to be. But I guess it does kind of tempt people more where they're like, oh, if I don't see it now, I won't see it for six months versus, you know, now it's just like a month. Um, But yeah, it's just not necessary anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair point, too, because even then, right, it was based on, like, DVDs and Blu-rays. That it, like, even then, right, like, 4K movies, that like, how much were those when they came out and how much are they are now? I mean, all that, they're kind of becoming irrelevant, so that doesn't really matter anymore. Everything, like you said, everything's going to streaming. Um, So, what you know, that six-month window thing doesn't, like, that used to be a thing, but that, not anymore. It's It's gone. Uh... And again, too, this is still under AT&T right now, but we know if the company's going to Discovery, once it goes to Discovery, who knows what that means for 2023, if they're going to continue with it or they're going to change up. We still don't know yet what Discovery's going to do with Warner Brothers, necessarily. So this is going to be like one of the last things AT&T do before they dip out. Uh, I don't think Discovery's going to come in and change that deal, I don't think, any time soon. Well, but... part of it, too, is they, they, AT&T kind of still controls Warner Brothers without controlling Warner Brothers, so they still, their, their head's still in the game. They still got a, a say in things, so. I'm sure oh, yeah, that's true. They have, like, certain... They're stakeholders, I think. Yeah, they're still, like the majority right? stakeholders or close to, mm-hmm. so they still definitely have um, a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even then, too, reading that, I think this past weekend as well, the, as far as like the 
the revenue for AMC is getting better and better. Stocks were slowly going back up. More people are getting comfortable going to see. But then you have uh, news of Suicide Squad hitting 10 million or something like that over the weekend. And everyone's like, oh, this is horrible. And everybody's convinced that uh, every movie coming out for the rest of the year is going to get delayed now. So, Yeah, and again, having this window prevents any issue or any argument for that now. You can't bring the, oh... It's because it was also his argument, you know, because unlike Disney, you know, Disney, you have to pay still 30 bucks to see Black Widow or Jungle Cruise. HBO Max, you don't. It's part of the subscription. Yep. So, especially now with people and it's Delta running around, people are still cautious. They're going to see it at home. You know, it's not going to have a huge effect, but enough overall. Um, so I thought that was worth bringing up because that just got announced. Uh, and then also, too, I, I will talk about this more probably in Taku Journey podcast again, but they, they made it officially official. You know, Sony has Crunchyroll now. They're going to combine that and uh, Funimation into, they said officially they're going to combine into one. They're going to take their powers combined, Captain Planet, the anime streaming mega power, the mega powers when Hogan and Macho Man came together. How many more other... Uh, comparisons can I make off the top of my head? I don't know. But, to, for example, they just announced they're doing that. So that's going to be changing the anime landscape and streaming. We'll be curious to see how that works. I think I think anime needs it, for sure. Because it's so... Just having those two... Because I was actually in the market thinking about getting a subscription to one of those two. And I, I was thinking Funimation because Funimation has i i really like dubs because i'm always doing something while i'm watching television mm-hmm. so funimation always has the dubs country roll doesn't uh funimation though only does funimation like distributed things so you, that's the only thing you could find on there where crunchy rolls kind of more encompassing of everything from what i understand so combining those powers if crunchy roll can or if funimation can like start getting like the dub machine rolling on like everything that Crunchyroll has and kind of you know getting it more common to be like simul release which I think Crunchyroll does an okay job of but having that one really stable anime company I think really helps solidify anime's status yeah, I hope so. You know, it'd be nice if it came with PS Plus or something like that for Sony. Mm. But and you, you'll have to crunch- settle for six months of Apple TV. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm fine with that. I am going to use that to watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> That's probably it. That's probably the only thing I'll watch on there. But I gotta watch Ted Lasso, see what the hype is. Uh, but, but yeah, I would. But I was thinking this too, and I'll share more thoughts on this later as the weeks go by. But my thoughts were this because. I'm glad that you, that's your thoughts on it, and that's the way you look at it. But I've seen a lot of people have the exact opposite thoughts you have. Some of the anime uh, uh, weebs out there, otakus or whatnot, uh, the fact that you hope they do that is what they're hoping doesn't happen. They want the opposite. They don't want all their subs to be taken. They don't want everything dubbed. They're like, I hope we don't want all of our subs to be gone. Well, you know, you do both. If you're doing dubs, you're I doing know, subs. But, it's way easier to do 
subs than it is dubs. So if you're putting the extra effort to I do know, dubs, the subs are going to be You know be how there. the internet is. They're like, oh, no, they're going to take away all the dubs, and then they're not going to release the same time as Japan's schedule, so there's going to be more of a delay now, and blah, 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 and all that. And, and then my first thought, though, was to be honest, like, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say anything. I, I, I uh... I I always want to eventually get Country Roll and Funimation. I've had a couple like free little months here and there, and it's great. But I especially don't feel like I need it now because it's on HBO Max. But who knows how much longer that's gonna be now? Uh, but but again, I felt like a lot of people I talk to they they find all these people that are complaining about this. I feel like at least half of them don't even. Don't even use these services to get their stuff. Because I know <laughs> even now, if any, you know, the whole 2000 to 2010 thing of downloading things from certain sites thing has kind of died down. But where it's still alive, where it's one little heartbeat is, is in the spectrum of anime, I feel like. Yeah, and so with anime, I'm it's wondering... not even downloading. It's just like it's just like a bunch of websites are dedicated sites. to streaming it. Right, so I'm my big deal is like, why are these people all complaining about it? Because half of y'all probably don't even use these services and use those other sites anyway. So why are you whining for it? But that's why I'm, that's my guess. That's why I feel like I'm seeing it. I could be completely wrong. Again. Well, I'm I think just learning how to be an otaku. I think the complaint is that even if they're not using it, they're still going to be somewhat affected because if they believe that by Crunchyroll taking over or whatever, that it loses the um, simultaneous release stuff that Crunchy that Funimation's doing, which is great, uh, then they won't be able to get that access as fast, even if they are pirating it, because it won't be done. They won't have access mm -hmm. to those uh, subtitles, because Funimation does all of it on the same day. Ah, I see. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, okay, okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting now with all these deals. This is a big day for deals going on and things of that sort. Uh, for this coming week, as far as what we're going to talk about next episode, I know uh, Free Guy's coming out. Mm. And uh, Don't Breathe too. That's probably the two I'm going to try to see this week. I don't know what's coming out on streaming off the top of my head. Do you do you have anything? No, those are, those are the two big ones. I, I do want to say there might have been something, but those were definitely the, the big ones coming out um, this week. There's not, I, there's not a whole lot coming out recently, I guess, but that's... I'm looking forward to, to, to Free Guy, though. It's, the reviews are already in, and uh, they seem to be pretty good so far, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've, it, it I, by the reviews seem pretty good, they are... They're pretty much like, oh, this is pretty good. They're like, this is good. This is a good movie. No one, like, really hates it. It's, you know, it's not like an 83 or something like that, which is pretty high, but no one really passionately loves it or anything like that either so i mean that's that's good to hear especially to um you know i because i'm glad it's coming out because i have seen the the trailer or three different trailers for this movie for like the last two years 
I've probably seen a trailer, like, until, I, I don't know. It feels like a hundred times I've seen a trailer of some sort for this movie. And I've been sick and tired of seeing the trailer at every movie I go to for the last two years. And I just want it to come out. And 95% of the time, when it's a movie that does that, the movie ends up being not great anyway. And I'm like, good, it's out of my hair, I don't have to care about it anymore. So the fact that this one's actually a good one, where that's the case... It's nice to make it feel like, oh, the payoff was worth me seeing this trailer 8,000 times. Mm -hmm. And don't breathe too. I have no idea how that's going to go. Or even reviews for that. That can either be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. It's still a weird concept that they're kind of taking the villain from the first one and make him a good guy. We know how that turns out sometimes. I'm probably uh, going to rewatch like the first that. one before I see that again because... I think I need a refresher on it. I don't remember it too well. Um, and it sounds like it's really, probably really interconnected with the way the first, what happened with the first one. Um, but from what I remember the first one, it seemed to kind of walk that line of, like it almost fell into like being like schlop, I guess. Like it was, it was really close to being like not that good, but it like, kept his head above water and ended up being pretty good because of it. So I could easily see the second one just diving deep down into just being horrible and, like, really cheesy. <laughs> well, yeah, too. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like Stephen Lang as an actor. I think he's a good actor. He's good for this role. He can pull it off. But, I mean, the first movie you had uh, Jane Levy, right? And I always liked her as an actress. And... You need another character like that to center this. And I feel like this movie doesn't have it. I mean, there's a little girl, but as far as the people in her end, it's just like, oh, it's a bunch of random bad guys from this random group, you know? And I feel like that's missing, and I'm wondering if that's going to hurt it. Like, can it just all fall on his shoulders um, without that? Because then I wonder, too, like, how this movie's going to end. Because technically, her character's still around, and she sees that he's still alive, so... I feel like there's got to be some resolution to that at some point if they're going to continue this franchise, you know, uh, at some point. Because I feel like it'd be weird if they did. I feel like they should just either never made a sequel and just leave it open like that or eventually have some... Because this sequel is not going to address that, but is it going to kind of set up a third one at the end for them to still have that thing? And then it's like, how are you going to feel because you're kind of on the sides of both these characters or... Or they get somehow do a weird thing where they team up, which I don't know how they would because they, because even though like he was like your room from in this movie, you still can't forget the fact that he had a, a thing that he used to insert stuff into certain people, and that's so messed up. And it's like it's him helping this girl go redeem him from doing all that messed up stuff because of what happened to him. And it's like I get where he's coming from, but. Uh... And Fetty yeah. Alvarez is not directing this one; he is producing it though. So that is something else to know. It's it's gonna be a hard sell for people, and like story wise, and if they can get that to work, I feel like it, it could be successful. But I really I I'm predicting that this is gonna fall apart, and it isn't not gonna be well reviewed. I know, which sucks. And then it like ruins the first movie because the first movie was so good. And I mean, you know the signs. There's no reviews for us out yet. A couple days before a movie comes out, usually every once in a while, there's a rare case. But most of the time, that's not a good sign. 
Free guy reviews are out, as you said. Not the ones for this one. Yep. Certain certain places have like a policy where no matter what movie it is, they won't let you review it until like two days before. But for the most part, yeah. better movies get early reviews. Right? Yeah, that's what I say. Like if they wait, that means they don't. The studio doesn't have faith in the movie. Now there's been a few exceptions, but it doesn't happen often. Sometimes I, I've. Sometimes uh, I can't think of an example, but I I know I've heard of it happening. The studio doesn't believe in it; they hold the reviews back, and then it becomes like an overwhelming success because the studio just didn't understand the movie. Yep, and then they're like, "Oh, oh, I guess we're making a sequel to this. Okay, <laughs> let's go." And that's what happens. Whether they plan for one or not, you're like, "Yeah, this is this a new sequel? Oh, we're gonna make one though, because it surprisingly did well." Who knows? But I'm really curious. I don't know. I don't know because I'm, you know, usually if I hear a movie's not good, I won't go see it. But I don't know if this one I want to still see it or not in the theater. You know, I don't. Know. I could see it being so bad that it's good. <laughs> I could see it getting into that territory. Uh, just as long as it's not boring. I could see it going that way. Yeah. But, well, I don't think this movie's going to have that pro At least from the trailer, it looks like there's going to be some sort of tension with the quiet and him still taking dudes out. So I feel like it might be better because of that, maybe. If that's still there. Um, Again, it's just that the movie's going to be based around him. You're not going to care about this other group of characters. Whereas the first movie, you kind of cared about that first group. So, we'll see. Alright, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, just a final note, too. That that deal for uh, the Funimation acquiring ac uh, acquisition, uh, uh, acquiring Crunchyroll is $1.2 billion. And again, that means, as I mentioned about Crunchyroll being on HBO Max, that means Sony now owns the rights to all that. So I don't know how long that HBO Max Crunchyroll deal is going into place, but don't be surprised if that eventually goes away. Which I could get why some people might be upset too, because then they're like, "Well, I now I have to get this thing or whatever." Yep. Uh, the people who are really hardcore into anime though don't probably don't really care about that because it was such a curated list. It was probably only five percent of Crunchyroll's library that was on HBO Max. Yeah, uh, for somebody like me, it's I, I'm 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 it's good enough. It's good enough right now. I mean. There's another one that just appeared on HBO Max, or on Netflix right now, the Demon King or whatever. I've heard people hype up, so I gotta watch mm. that. You know, it's, I it's for me, it's good. As somebody who's super behind on anime, I can deal with the least amount as possible. It's fine with me. Yeah, Netflix is my um, way to go with the anime. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the place wherever wherever I can get it. Uh, so guys, I think we're gonna wrap up the podcast there. Hopefully you'll be able to hear this one and it won't be uh, so far deleted. But yes, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Check out these movies that we've seen and check out the movies this weekend uh, so you can talk into it with us in Movies and Entertainment where this podcast will go. And uh, there'll be a lot of interesting conversations there. Until next time, guys, we will see you on the next uh, the next podcast where we talk about movies. Go have fun at the theater. Stay safe. Or have fun watching the movies at home. We'll see you on the next one.